The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello. It's Julie Foudy alongside Lynn Ozawi. What's happening, Lynn? Hi, Julie. Hey, guess what? What? This episode is a twofer. Twofer. A twofer one. And it's the first time we're featuring athletes from the sport of water polo. A sport that I think doesn't get nearly the attention it deserves. And especially since they are some of my favorite athletes to cover. I know yours as well, Lynn. They're funny. They're smart as heck. They're incredibly committed to growing their sport for the next generation. And they're absolute ballers. I know this because I have been in the water with them. We have two of the biggest stars from that 2016 Olympic gold medal team in Ashley Johnson and Maggie Steffens. Ashley is considered one of the best goalkeepers in the world as she helped lead her team to gold in Rio. She then graduated the next year from Princeton University as the all-time career saves leader. In 2016 in Rio, she became the first black woman to compete for the U.S. Olympic water polo team. Boom! We will talk about that, of course, as well. Maggie Steffens is considered one of, if not the best, water polo player in the world. She is a two-time Olympic gold medalist, the captain of the team, and she won three national titles while at the fine institution of Stanford University, where she also graduated in 2017. Go card! So, get comfortable listening. It's Ashley and Maggie. Laughter Permitted is brought to you by Ally. A lot of our listeners know that Lynn and I are customers of Ally, and Ally will tell you that the first step of taking control of your finances is making a baseline budget. They actually have online tools and products to help you do that. So Jules, how do people get started? Thank you for asking, Lynn. You can begin by looking through your statements from the last three months and you identify your basic needs, meaning these can be necessities like gas, rent, groceries, car payments, and then you compare those costs to your overall spending and see if you might be able to save some cash. I love that. Where can we learn more about planning for our futures? It's easy. Go to ally.com. Ally, do it right. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Cliff Bar and Company has been fueling athletes for almost 30 years with their Cliff and Luna Bars, and this is super cool. Even during a time when there are no live sports, Cliff and Luna continue to support female athletes. In fact, right now they're featuring awesome women on their new limited edition Cliff Bar packaging, including soccer star Megan Rapino, tennis legend Venus Williams, surfer Lakey Peterson, skateboarder Jordan Barrett, climber Ashima Shiraishi, and mountain biker Katarina Nash. Check out these awesome new packages for yourself in store or online at cliffbar.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time, find and enjoy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable, listening. It's laughter permitted. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Julie. Hey, Hi, Ash. What's up? Not much. Hi, darling. Good to see you, too. You look great. Good to see you, too. How's it been? How's everything? 
Things are good. I mean, yeah. a little crazy with two kids, but good. Yeah. Uh, How old are your kids? They're the perfect age for all of this, honestly. 11 and 13. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, good. So I'm not having to do a ton of homeschooling because that, I think, would send me over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really feeling for all the parents who have been <sighs> full-time parent, full-time job, and now full-time teacher. Yeah. And also entertainer and chef. Yeah. And yeah. All this stuff. Cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Cleaner. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The beach is open again. So we've been surfing and... You know, I just told Lynn, she has seen my surfing. I said, I I, I said yesterday, I'm happy to report. I still suck. And (laughs) my goal, this is literally the first summer I have had in 35 years, I think. Oh, wow. Summer off. First summer. So now you'll become a pro surfer. That's like, that's the next. Yeah. So that's my next hurdle. Um, This is the first summer that I'm actually spending in SoCal because we're usually traveling and doing all of this stuff. And I'm like, wow, California is so beautiful and the perfect weather. And like, right? maybe I'll pick up surfing. Maybe. Come on, Ash, you and I together, we can, we can learn. <laughs> we can learn together. Ashley, I will tell you, I, I, I see people surfing and I'm like, I could totally do that. Right? I've grown up yeah. in the water. It can't be that hard. Oh my God. It is so it's, hard. It is, and but you guys have the shoulders for it. So it, to me, it's just the paddling out. I can't. Eat, by the time I get out there, I'm like, I'm done. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I have video evidence that Julie is <laughs> a subpar surfer at best. <laughs> All right, shall we start this party? Start the Ooh, I'm ready. All right. First thing we always do on the podcast is we set the scene. So can you two? Ashley and Maggie, set the scene for us, darlings. Maggie, go ahead. <laughs> this is classic Ashley. Always, always. She's like the perfect instigator. All right, setting, setting the scene. We're in Long Beach and Seal Beach, Southern California. Beautiful sun, great weather, great people. The party is about to start because... You got Ashley, Maggie, Julie, and Lynn on board. <laughs> Boom! One of our favorite traditions is that when we have teammates on, we have the teammates introduce one another, both as athletes and as people. Ashley, you go first okay. this time. I'll introduce Maggie. Maggie is an amazing teammate. She competed in the Rio Olympics in, the, uh, in 2016, in the London Olympics in 2012. She's... Graduated from Stanford. She's <laughs> an awesome person. Go card, baby. Go card. Go card. <laughs> and she's one of my favorite friends. Aww. I love her. Maggie Steffens. Wow. All right, I'll go. Here we have Ashley Johnson, total badass. Beautiful, should be a model, but luckily water polo stole her and she's <laughs> our amazing goalkeeper. She joined the national team in 2014 and has kind of taken over the scene since then. She's a 2016 gold medalist, various years water polo player of the year. 
Um, she and I share a love for family. She has four siblings and they all are, you know, aquatic studs. She went to Princeton and is one of the most intelligent people I know. If you ever want a deep conversation and you want it to just not ever stop and she can continually (laughs) ask deeper and deeper questions, (laughs) Ashley is the girl to go to. Um, and she is one of my favorite dance partners. We are, what? Yeah. We are always dancing together before games, at halftime, after games. Um, So she's an amazing dancer as well. And she's obviously crushing it for being a role model, you know, bringing aquatics into black culture and just changing the game as an, you know, total inspiration. One of my best friends as well. Um, but somebody who also gets me in trouble at times so <laughs> there with her. And that's Ashley Johnson. Okay. Take introducing people off of my skill set list because <laughs> <laughs> Maggie just crushed it. That was cute. As if I could love you anymore, the dancing part is what stuck with me. Oh, she's so good, you guys. It's like I pretend to be good, but I can do the salsa part. I'll do the Spanish no, dancing. You're such a good dancer, but our whole team has like a good dancing like everyone brings what they bring. Yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say, like, what is that like in a locker room before game? It's part of our routine that we dance together. Yeah, Yeah, we dance together. We have a tradition where we all dance together. Like everyone gets up and dances before a game. And it just kind of gets us on the same page. And Kylie Neuschel leads that for us. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so much fun. And it's funny too, because the dance will last, like our team circle dance will last maybe 20 to 30 seconds, but we're always <laughs> super winded after it and laughing hysterically. Like we put our hands in before a really big game and I'll usually say something to just like, you know, kind of get us back in, but usually we're laughing the whole time. And it's like, team of three, <laughs> so going healthy. into a world championship final. That is so healthy. That was always our secret to success. I think with the soccer team, it's like, we never took ourselves too seriously. We were laughing most of the time. Yeah. So when did you as a team come back together in the midst of quarantine and things opening up? Uh, we actually all just got to be- back together and in the water today. Oh, wow. Today was our first time all being in the water. And we didn't get in together. It's like a distance, slow integration type thing. But (laughs) today was the first official day back. Is it bittersweet in a way? Great to see one another. But knowing that obviously not going to the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, the weirdest thing about getting back together is the boundaries. Because you want to like go straight in and like hug the person that you spent the last year and a half training next to and just like being around all the time. And it's just like, I go and I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a little bit of an awkward dance, but also we've all gotten into our own little routine. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit weird transitioning back into the team environment, having so much uncertainty moving forward. And now that our goal has changed. Yeah. Yeah. The integration for sure. I mean, some of us, uh, I started two weeks ago just because I'm local. So the people who were local and needed a pool access, we were able to come and swim. And that was weird because I didn't see a lot of these women in three, four months who, you know, these are not only your teammates, a lot of them are your closest friends, people mm-hmm. who you like fight for, you know. And so to go through that in separate ways, even though we were together through Zoom calls and whatnot, but when you 
when you finally have the moment to like physically touch and like water polo is very family oriented. It's super team focused. So to have that taken away, like even today was the first time I saw Ashley in person and it was just like, Hey, from afar, you know, <laughs> like, yay, but okay, I'll stay here. Uh, I know, so definitely that lack of, you know, touch and just that comfort. Um, but just being able to see each other on the pool deck was pretty fun. I, I had a lot of energy running off of that for sure. I'm surprised to hear how your the team is still so serious about social distancing. Yeah, we, I mean, what is our protocol? Let's see. We, we do temp. So we train at a, a army base at a, um, joint forces, training joint forces base. training base. And so first of all, to get in, you have to go through a gate. There's army people everywhere. So we get our temperature checked there. And then at the pool, we get our temperature checked. We have to keep our masks on. It's only our team. Uh, last week, it was only five girls in the water at a time. Now it's, you know, under 10, even in a mm-hmm. huge 50 meter pool. Um, and when we pass, the lifeguards would be like, back up. You're too close. <laughs> We're like, no, no, we haven't passed in three months. Like we can't pass that far yet. Um, and then weights. We just started that today and it was only three people using the weight room at a time. Hmm. So it's, we're pretty strict. And our staff does a pretty good job about like being aware of like different people have different levels of comfortability, like maintaining the protocol or setting their own guidelines. So our staff does a pretty good job of being aware of what each individual needs Mm-hmm. And puts you in groups where you can stay more spaced or like in the weight room, we wipe down each piece of equipment after the other person uses it. And it's a little bit tedious, but it makes sure that everyone's like as comfortable as they need to be. Smart yeah, for sure. Really smart. When you were practicing on a consistent basis, I mean, Maggie, you're the offensive best player on the planet, right? Ash, you're the top goalkeeper on the planet. What is that like with the two of you going against each other? <laughs> That's funny because I, I love practices. I love competing against my teammates the most. And Maggie is one of the players that I like will mess with to no end. <laughs> like yes. when Maggie's shooting against me, we're like making on eye contact. We're making faces. I'm like jumping one way, trying to make her shoot this way. Like we're just playing this game where we're yes. reading each other back and forth. And it just, I, I think it pushes us. I think it's really, really fun. Like, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely each other's huge challengers. And that's yeah, a really yeah. fun thing about water polo too, right? Is that it's more like basketball where you, you're an offensive player and a defensive player. And now the rules, AA, Ashley, AA, as we call it, can actually play an offense once every quarter. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that later. But so I think for us, what's really cool about our relationship that's been built through the trainings is the trust that we have. Mm. And so like on defense, it's amazing. Like I was, who was I talking to? I I got asked this question for um, this commercial and they're saying like, what is the sound you think of when you play water polo, like the ball hitting the goal or a splash. And the first thing that came to my mind was when I can't see behind me and I hear Ashley's voice and just Mm. that, trust that we have you know on the defensive side and I can hear her voice on the offensive side she (laughs) she helps run our offense too but when it comes to training we get we get competitive so if you Julie you'll love this if you score on a goalie above their head Mm -hmm. or or like around their head we call it a donut (laughs) yes 
yeah. So it's like, oh, you'll and try it's to like the worst way to get scored on. Right. Yeah. It's like making someone and then scoring. totally, totally right. exactly yeah. like that. Oh, brutal. Yeah, I do a lot of things where I like I bait that shot because it's one of those shots that you want to shoot if it's open. If it looks open, you're like, okay, I have to go, Donna. I have oh, to. Yeah. So you, you know? suck them so into I'll it. I'll make them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll be I'll like, be like, come here, shoot the donut. Boom. <laughs> yeah, like- so one of our yeah. games, one of our games that like we don't we don't talk about it, but when you're doing one on one or shooting drills where you're closer to the net, I'll definitely just try to score as many donuts as I can on her because it'll just rile us both up. Because it'll either I score a bunch and I'm like ha, or she keeps blocking it and I'm like God, I gotta score her. <laughs> It'll get to where I'm just holding a stream on, like I'm just <laughs> yeah. like this. She's like, you can score anywhere else but the donut. <laughs> I'm super surprised you didn't teach me that since I excelled I in the pool so well <laughs> that first time. That? How did you not? You pretty much were walking on water when you played. Ashley was having a really <laughs> hard time with my shooting that day. Yeah, I was surprised you climbed the rank so quickly. I yeah, like, okay, lob skip. <laughs> it was like fake, fake, fake lob. Right to give to give listeners the context here. We did a feature story prior to the 2016 Olympics in which Julie got in the pool <sighs> with the water polo team and tri- tried. The operative word is tried to hang with them. Uh, hung she did it she hung thank you yes she's got the water polo spirit no she did not hang this is truly (laughs) talking that was brutal and for for those who have never gotten in the pool and played like this expert has um (laughs) explain to them because you can see you know above water what's happening but it's the underwater (laughs) that physicality is insane how do you yeah, even yeah. put that into perspective? Like, describe that for the listener. Even more than the, like, contact, it's, like, being able to maneuver your body and understand how, like, the water works with your legs, with your hands, with your balance. Like, being able to move yourself so effectively through the water and be comfortable doing it. Like, Julie, you can talk to this, but you can speak to this point. But, like, moving through the water is exhausting when you're used to like pushing off the ground and just moving through air, having that resistance, it can be so exhausting to be treading and also Mm -hmm. faking and also reading your opponent at the same time. So it's really physically challenging. And then you throw in the fact that you have to read your opponent. You have to read the game. You have to make decisions as a team and you have to try to score. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. I always say, the, we, in water polo, you're playing three games. You're playing the game that the audience can see. So the physical game above water, the quick paced, it's fun, lots going on, basketball, soccer, hockey, swimming vibes all in one. Then there's the underwater game mm-hmm. that no one can see. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where a lot of the tricks of the trade happen. Like Ashley's talking about the balance, being able to maneuver your body, being able to ma- manipulate someone else's body. You know, being able to explode as fast as you can without force, you know, and creating your own force. And then the most important game that we play in water polo is the mental game because, you know, like Ashley's talking about, it's an ever-changing sport. You know, mm-hmm. I always talk about how it's like solving a puzzle that's constantly moving. Mm-hmm. So you finally figure out a piece and then the puzzle moves. And so how, can, how quickly can you solve that? You know, while somebody is holding your suit underwater and while you still have to look poised and calm 
above water <laughs> so that you're still able to play the game and you have that resilience, right? Because it's, I mean, similar to a basketball or, or even like soccer where something mistake happens, you got to go play defense, you know, or you got to go play mm-hmm. offense. You can't think about it too long. You got to have that resilience. So it's really three games and it's, to be honest, like every sport I ever played tied into one. Like even I could put dance and gymnastics in there simply for the balance and flexibility you have to have. Yeah. I quickly so, realized yeah. I was not good at any of those three games right there. <laughs> you were great at water polo energy. I'm a land mammal through and through. <laughs> Better on land. Do not take me off my land. Um, Mags, I read something recently that you said that was so cool. It's what I love best about you. Um, Sorry, I'll pick that up. It's what I love most about you. How's my grammar? Uh, I'm leaving that in. (laughs) (laughs) You said, the moment you think you are at your best, you're probably done with that sport. And I I saw you were taking this time during quarantine to build a list. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was during, you know, somebody was asking me and and even you mentioned it earlier, you, you gave Ashley and I, you know, great titles and I appreciate those, but one, it's a team sport, right? And so even the things that we're able to do, like they would be impossible if we didn't have our teammates and, you know, great to get those accolades and recognition, but if you truly believe those, you know, for sure, celebrate your successes, right? But if I truly believed I was at my personal best, I would retire because there's no more room. You know, one of my favorite quotes that my dad, um, he taught me when I was young, but recently we've been saying a lot is the biggest room in your house should be the room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Right. And Ashley gets so that too. He's, he speaks in metaphor, like literally all the time. I can't understand a word. He, it's like, only metaphor. He Cause he's, he's like translating Spanish to English, English back to Spanish metaphor into English metaphor. But this one actually does make sense. And you know, that's something that Ashley is the same way as me is every day. Really. That's why we're here. We're training because we think we can improve. We can be better teammates. We can be better leaders. We can be better players. We can be better role models. We can be better women. Like every day is an opportunity to be better in all facets of your life, right? Not just as a water polo player. And it was funny. Somebody asked me that question and I would literally have a list of the things during quarantine that <laughs> I wanted to improve on. And I like easily, right? I could just talk about being better fitness, getting faster, having a better shot, better wrist releases, being able to guard defensive players, being able to be quicker on a drive, get my hands dry, being able to guard a really good player on a drive, my two meter defending, being able to guard someone like Mel Seidemann and Aria Fisher, or being on a post up and executing inside water or going on a counterattack and actually scoring a one on no one, which I was struggling with. Right. So mm-hmm. There's things that being a better shot blocker, so Ashley doesn't have to cover us, you know? So it's so funny when people ask you those things, even at this point in our career, my 11th year on this team, I mean, I could easily think of so many things that I want to get better at and things I can improve in, but that, you know, it's the biggest room in my house needs to be room for improvement. And that's what makes life fun, right? Like if you, if you don't have that room for improvement, in sport, but also as a human, like who you are, we have so much room for improvement. That's what makes life fun because now there's this opportunity to be better. And so that's so fun. And then you get to share it with teammates like me and Ashley. So 
not only are you going on that individual journey, but luckily, I mean, I honestly mm-hmm. don't know how individual athletes work. Yeah, I, need I, know. My I, like, I honestly could not get through yeah. this quarantine without having my teammates, you know? In what way? Uh, a lot of ways, right? I think one, of course, when we found out about the postponement and even earlier on when we were, I was reading in my journal, I was dying laughing. It was like March 18th or something. And I wrote, I'm very optimistic. Ashley knows this. I wrote like day one of hopefully two weeks of quarantine. I can't wait to get back to the pool and train with my girls. Like literally that's the first sentence of my journal. And I'm like four months yeah. later, still in quarantine. Right. I know. I love that it gives a glimpse into your mindset. This is not a coincidence that you two are the best in the world, right? And you put a lot of thought and energy and time into it. But how does it not become an unwholesome discontent? Meaning we want to be perfect in everything. And so then it starts to have actually a negative reaction. Throughout my career, I've learned that I'm not perfect. I don't hold myself to a perfect standard. And I love being a part of a team because I get to recognize my strengths and weaknesses and I get to recognize the strengths and weaknesses of my teammates, of my closest Mm -hmm. friends, of the people around me. And I see how I can support others with my strengths. I see how others can support me with Mm -hmm. their strengths, how Mm -hmm. like people can hold me in my weaknesses, how I can Mm -hmm. push myself to get better and ask my teammates, ask my friends to push me to make myself better in those things that I'm not so good at. Like, I think it takes some self-reflection. I think it takes some Mm -hmm. humility Mm -hmm. and that recognition that you don't have to be perfect. You being you and being the best you that you can be in that moment, whatever the moment is, is enough. Mm -hmm. Like you are enough. I've struggled with perfectionism in the past and it's a constant struggle. Like I say right now, oh, I don't have to be perfect. But then I get in the water and I'm doing a swim set or I'm doing a leg set and I'm like, okay, I missed that. I have to do it over, like do the whole thing over. But being able to forgive yourself in those moments when you fail, you don't do something so perfectly. Like we fail every day. We fail so much. I failed so much in quarantine trying all of these new, like I tried a little bit of soccer. I was so bad. I've never played before. (laughs) Yeah, I tried a lot of different things (laughs) and I failed. And turning failure into an opportunity to learn. Like Maggie said, there's always room for improvement. There's always, none of us are ever going to be perfect. And if we're perfect, it's boring. Like, where do we strive to? And it's probably not real either. And it's not real. It's, (laughs) yeah. And you, and you quickly realize that failure will never define you, right? That it's just part of it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, we're challenged. Like Ashley said, that's a great thing about sport. And I think during quarantine, that was a, a thing that a lot of myself included, a lot of people struggled in is how do you still find those challenges when they're not presented to you every day in sport or in school or whatever it may be? Because the great thing about challenges, right, is it, it helps you grow. It, it mm-hmm. gives you that growth mindset because we do fail every day. Like same, same with me and, and Ashley was talking about with soccer, whatever it may be, like we're trying to run, we're trying to be land athletes. That's not our thing. <laughs> But we're failing every day, which is exciting because guess what that means? We can overcome it. That's going to help us get stronger mentally and physically, emotionally. 
And that's when teammates come in. Like if you don't think you can do it or you're struggling or I keep failing, that's when, you know, I text Ashley and I'm like, Hey, I just did this Peloton bike workout. I can't get through it. Did you do it? You know, like that's what teammates are for. And they're just like Ashley said, it's so well said is that's the great thing with team is you learn each other's strengths and weaknesses, not just as athletes, but you know, outside of the pool as well. And so how can you, how can you guys complement each other? Right. Cause we're not all going to be perfect. We may strive to be, that's kind of part, I'm not going to lie and say, I don't strive to be perfect in a lot of the things I do, but can I strive for that with my effort and know mm. that my effort is what's most important, not necessarily, you know, the perfection of it, but can I put the effort in and enjoy it and laugh with my teammates and make it a great time while we're, you know, putting in our whole selves into something. Before we move on from challenges, Maggie tagged me in about 20 <laughs> Instagram challenges over the period of quarantine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't tell you how Maggie, many like, that was awkward me. <laughs> dancing, like, balancing. <laughs> like, so uncomfortable. That was totally me. <laughs> Everything in this house had to be a competition or a challenge. It's, at one point, my 13-year-old was like, Mom, you are sick. <laughs> I was like, it's a cook-off challenge, it's a pizza challenge, it's a volleyball challenge, it's a badminton challenge. <laughs> I did do trivia night. I started doing trivia night with the team. And it was oh, pretty good. funny because at first Ashley was by herself and like everybody else had a few people on the team, but Ashley would always get the most random questions right. Like the ones that nobody else knew, <laughs> Ashley would be like, yeah, for sure. And then we did it in Florida and she got to do it with her sister and her brother a couple times. And we, the trivia would end. And then me and Ashley and her siblings would just stay on the zoom for like an hour. Just be like hanging out. (laughs) That's awesome. Friends and teammates. Speaking of that, going back to 2016 Olympics where you all crushed it. In fact, your coach Adam Krikorian said that this was the greatest water polo team of all time. Boom. What do you remember most about that Olympics? I personally remember um, having my family there. They don't get the opportunity to travel with me or see me play in a lot of big venues and being able to share that last game with them, being able to share that whole experience with them and know that they like got to see a new country, got to do it all together. Like we don't really go on family vacation. So getting to see them um, enjoy themselves in that way and come and get to get together and support all of us and all of my teammates, see all the hard work that we've put in over four years come to fruition like that. It was really, really special. Yeah, I guess I would echo the, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I think one thing that draws Ashley and I together so much is our value of family. Mm-hmm. I always talk about representing your last name, the Stefan's name, the Johnson name. So to get to share that with them is, you know, probably the most magical thing that you'll get to experience in life. And then I would just say on the water polo side, one thing that really stuck out to me about the 2016 group was how fluid we were. I mean, if, if I were to compare that group to any team I've ever played on, it was, it was magic. It truly was because we could just move the ball and it was like connection, connection without thinking, um, you know, for some reason in my head, and this is probably because of, 
you know, our relationship outside of the water too, but there would be so many fun moments where Ashley would make an amazing block. I would like, no, she made the block. I didn't even have to look behind me. Right. And I just start going on offense. I can feel that my teammate on the other side of the pool, Kylie Neuschel is like digging in a counterattack. And it's like the three of us without even talking or communicating Mm -hmm. within a second, it's like, Ashley got the block. We all trusted her on that. We kind of all knew what would happen. Next thing you know, like I roll over the balls perfectly in my hand from Ashley. And then the balls perfectly in Kylie's hand for a goal for Kylie scored like five goals in the final against Italy. And it's like that image to me just gets me excited because defensively, offensively, we had a group of women that didn't matter who was in the pool. Mm-hmm. Our connections were just sharp. Um, you know, we communicated, but there was almost no need for it. It just mm-hmm. fluid, selfless play. You know, I can, there was probably not many, I'll relate it to, you know, like soccer or basketball for statistic wise, but there was probably not that many goals where it didn't involve an assist to an assist to an assist to a hmm. goal. Like all of our goals we made were team made. And hmm. that I think is the magic of what we had in 2016 is that it didn't matter who was in the water and it didn't matter, you know, what team we were playing. It was this selfless sharing of the ball and just this fun way of playing, you know, just total flow. So that to me, especially I, I felt a lot of pressure um, being a leader on that group and wanting, you know, some of my best friends, this was their first Olympics. And now I was in a veteran role and thinking, how do I make sure that they get that same feeling that I had in 2012 and, you know, live the legacy of women's water polo on the U S side, we've always meddled. And so I remember feeling a lot of pressure going into that games of, okay, yeah, we want to win gold, but we also have this expectation. And that's when I love, you know, pressure is a privilege, which you always say, Julie too. And um, that was that I think like encompasses Mm -hmm. our 2016 team was we rose to the expectation but not because that's what people expected of us, but it's because of what we were doing for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So much easier, right? When it's your own expectations and you're yeah. not bowing to the pressure outside. Yeah. Sorry, Ash. Yeah. No, I would just echo that cohesion, the cohesion that we found and the fluidity that we found, like it took work. Like we put in a lot yeah. of time <laughs> so that I would know that Maggie was going to go, that Kylie was working like, feeding the ball there, getting those connections, building that, that took time. And by the time that we got to Rio, it was so seamless because we Mm -hmm. knew each other. We like, Mm -hmm. we could feel each other. We can feel those moments that we practiced over and over. Like we just knew when it was time, we could like see it in someone's face, see it in the way that they're swimming, see it in the way that they're moving. And I think that was something that was really special about that team. But also it's something that's special about our culture the culture of the team, because we build it in such a way that, or Adam creates it, we all contribute to the culture, but such a way that the next team should be the best team that ever played. We yeah. take everything uh-huh. that we that. learned yeah. it's really cool. and we pass it on to the people who come mm-hmm. after us. And I think wow. that's why our culture runs so deep. I think that's why me and Maggie can be recognized in the way that we are. And all of the players on our team can be recognized in the way that we are. It's because our culture is so deep and we put so much effort into making sure that it carries through. So 
Yeah, I like that you brought up that Adam said that this team was the best team because I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to uh, use that against really... yeah. <laughs> Oh, you hadn't heard that from him? He never no. tells us we're good. Please. <laughs> oh, I'll show you the quote. <laughs> I'll blow it up for you. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really love the quote. Um, and I actually use this on a, a Ashley, I don't know if you remember this, but on like a photo I gave to the team and I think Brenda Villa, who four time Olympic medalist, like, you know, one of the best players to ever play the game, total pioneer for our sport and Latinas in aquatic sports as well. And she, I remember I was getting really nervous and she just reminded me, she was like, Maggie, you just, just carry the torch and not necessarily in a sense of (laughs) pressure, like you yourself carry it. But you guys as a team, like, it's almost this feeling that you have all of the alumni behind you and all of this culture and all of these people that I looked up to growing up, my sister included, you know, and now we get, we have the opportunity to Mm -hmm. carry the torch, you know, Mm -hmm. and I remember that was something that, you know, gives me the chills to think about because it is so true. Like Ashley's talking about that culture lives in you Mm -hmm. and then how can you make the torch, you know, maybe a little lighter so that the next group can carry it a little higher, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like a metaphor for so many, like women in sports and Ashley mm-hmm. herself has to carry the torch and hopefully not alone anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing way to think of it. And I remember when Brenda told me that little did she know, I was like, I'm like, what did you say? Hold on. Repeat. You said carry the what? <laughs> <laughs> carry the what? Carry the one? shoot no that's not it uh, i officially want to be a u.s women's water polo I know. player this girl sounds amazing I know. we're I weirdos cliff bar and company is the family and employee owned maker of cliff bars cliff kid and luna bars and i for one am currently obsessed with a caramel toffee with sea salt cliff bar and good news party people They would like to extend an offer to all of you in our dope village. Yes, from now until July 28th. You can visit cliffbar.com slash laughter, C-L-I-F-B-A-R.com slash laughter, and use the code cliffLAUGH to get 20% off their entire portfolio of products. Go check it out. Laughter Permitted is brought to you by Ally. A lot of our listeners know already that Lynn and I are customers of Ally, and I love that Ally has these smart savings tools I need to analyze my spending and save for the things that matter most, like more donuts or perhaps getting the kids to college one day, which would be really nice. Being able to prioritize my financial goals and save automatically makes it easier to plan for that future. Learn how Ally can help you save more at ally.com slash savings. Ally, do it right. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Maggie, you alluded to the fact that Ashley is carrying a torch of sorts. And that is based on that. Ashley, you were the first black woman to represent the United States team in water polo at the Olympics. What did that mean to you? I mean, um, first of all, I just want to say how much throughout my journey in water polo, I've realized that representation matters. Being able to represent the U.S. as the first black woman to play water polo on the Olympic stage, it's like, 
it's just brought that so much to light. How many kids have reached out to me with their questions about playing water polo, about being Black in a sport that's predominantly white, parents reaching out to me, how to support their kids through the journey of being in water polo. And it may not seem like a big thing, but being able to see me and see themselves in me, I think that it has just opened up a little bit more opportunity in our sport. Like, like you guys said, like we've described, water polo is so great and it could be great for so many more people, but um, there just aren't a lot of black people in our sport. There just aren't, there isn't a lot of opportunity to get into our sport. If you're black, not a lot of pathways. Hmm. So being able to represent and be that person that kids could look to, it just, it meant a lot to me. It's, something that I carry with me, something that I strive towards being and something that I try to be perfect at and fail, of -hmm. course. But I just, I find out that just being me and being in the position that I am and playing the way that I do, carrying myself the way that I do, speaking to my values, that's how I inspire. That's how I can like carry the torch for those kids. That's how I can Mm -hmm. open pathways for those kids and make, help them believe that they can be where I am now, if that's what they want. But at the very least, least, open opportunities in aquatics to those children. How did you and your siblings get into water polo? So we got into water polo kind of by chance. My mom put us, I have four siblings. My mom put us in a swim program that just happened to have water polo. And in next Miami? to swimming in Miami, yeah, I, when we were growing up. And I started when I was nine. So my siblings and I are all two and a half years apart and I'm in the middle. So we all were like playing together, having fun, like socializing. And we had to do swimming if we did water polo. So we just kind of continued through the ranks in swimming and water polo as we grew together. So it became like a family thing. Like Maggie has said, it just now runs in my family to play water polo, to be in swimming, to do all of these things what is what is the feeling like Ashley of being one of the only black people in the pool because I know I've heard you talk about that but if you could give a little context to that I think it's important to understand that emotion yeah I it's an isolating experience for sure um being a part of a team as you all know, and probably the people listening know, like you have built-in support there. You have people who you know care about you, who support you through anything, but it's a lot different to have someone who looks like you in the pool playing with you and supporting you. I grew up playing with my siblings and with my sister and coming out to the national team, coming out to play at Princeton, it was such a different and kind of jarring experience looking around and feeling like an outsider being from Miami, feeling like an outsider being Black, feeling like an outsider just in so many ways, and then not really having anyone to turn to to, like, Mm -hmm. share that experience with. Like, hair care, skin care, like, these are Mm -hmm. all things that I consider that I worry about on a daily basis and like even discussing issues of race discussing um discrimination that I feel that I experience a lot of times you worry about like 
offending the person you're talking to if they can't really relate to your experience or knowing that they never will fully understand. So you don't want to burden them with that experience. So growing through that was, it was, it was difficult. It was difficult to say the least. It was isolating. And now I'm glad like there's a lot more space I feel to talk about this stuff. There's a lot more connection that I feel with the black community in water polo to like have this, this discussion because I felt like it was something underground that the 20 of us in water polo shared that we couldn't really express. We couldn't really talk about like the first time that I have, like I had a zoom call with maybe like 90% of the black people in water polo at my level at um, like college level and up. And it was such an empowering experience to be able to talk to all of those Mm. people at the same time, like share our experiences, hear what they went through, like be hurt, feel that hurt, feel that pain, but share that pain because I've been through those same experiences and it's just so different going through it when you know you're not alone. Is that that call happened in the last few weeks? Yeah, it did. It was spurred uh, by the unrest in our country. Yeah. By the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. And I don't know why we've never had that call before yeah. because I've yeah. been, I know I've been working. I felt the responsibility to work to make our sport more representative of the people that we represent. I've been working for that. I felt a responsibility when I was younger. It felt like a burden as I've gotten older. It's a welcome responsibility. It's something that pushes me. And now in the light of everything that's happened, I realize that it's not just my responsibility. It's not something that I have to carry alone. It's something that I can bring to my team that I know there are some of my teammates who want to support me in that, who want, there are people in my sport who want to support each other in that, who want to bring our sport to modern day, who want Mm -hmm. us to be better as a sport who want us to be better as people and want to bring that same opportunity that we all see in water polo to black people even as a teammate right like I was seeing this firsthand and that was something for me that I didn't understand and I discrimination firsthand yeah and even the the pressure and responsibility that Mm -hmm. was on Ashley like you think about how many people just would ask her questions, but why did it always, why did they always have to ask her, you know, how can we now do a better job of like, she's saying support her and support so many others, but can we be educated? Can Mm -hmm. we be able to answer those questions so that all doesn't fall on her? And like, why haven't we talked about that? And and I I could, I a hundred and thousand percent needed to, you know, Ashley's my best friend. So like, yeah, that, that's you know, been, yeah, my awakening as well is like, I'm so sorry we've never had these conversations with my black teammates, right? Yeah. W- what have the conversations been like, Ashley? And what is your emotion of these last two weeks? Like, do, do you feel it's finally going to be different? I mean, I know historically we have these moments and then it just seems like we regress again as a country. Yeah, well, I feel like these conversations have really been enlightening to me. 
like being able to open up the ground to have stories be shared, to hear about people's pain. Like I said, it's been at the same time as it's been really heavy, it's been like a load has been lifted. Mm. Like mm-hmm. nobody has to carry this by themselves anymore. Yeah. Which I don't I don't remember there being a time where we've had an open discussion of race. Like cutting down that barrier and getting past that small barrier, I think has been majorly progressive. I don't know if this will stick. I love seeing everyone um, working to educate themselves. I love seeing everyone getting out and calling out racism, calling out all of these like things that we might have looked past or just accepted before. I love that. And I think that's really reflective of um, all of our generation. Like, we want to push. We want to push ourselves to be better. But I, I don't know what would be a reflection of lasting change. I hope to, I really hope that it's going to be a lasting change because mm. what's going on in our country can't continue. Yeah. It's just, how do you undervalue someone's life? How do you not see someone's humanity? Mm. Like, how do you, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And if our country carries the values that we say we do, then we need to reflect that in our actions. We need to reflect that in our policy. We need to reflect that in our understanding of other people and our ability to empathize. Mm -hmm. In those moments, Ashley, when you were feeling isolated or you had a painful experience, how did you cope? I would go back to my family. Like Maggie said, family is a huge value for me. And being able to reconnect with my family, like, I'm I'm across the country. My family's in Miami. I'm in uh, California most of the time or traveling. I'm in like Russia, China, all of these places. And I call my mom three times a day, like <laughs> staying anchored to my family and realizing what my values are was a big part of how I cope with the um, that feeling of isolation, that feeling of like, Sometimes hopelessness, but also I kind of accept it as a reality. Like, this is where I've lived my whole life. This recent change is something new that I have to adjust to. Like, being able to talk about race with not my closest friends, you know? Mm -hmm. That's something that I have to adjust to. Having this, like, side of myself that I haven't completely shared is something where I've lived. I've lived in predominantly white spaces. I've like been like the exception, you know? And I hate that narrative. I don't like that. I feel like I've been put in a position where I am like the exception to the rule. Like the stereotype, black people don't swim. People will be like, oh, yeah, you're an exception. You're not that one. You're that one that can swim. I'm like, we need to break up these stories. We need to start telling a new story because Mm -hmm. these stories are what perpetuate inequality. They're what, Mm -hmm. that's one of the barriers to access. That's one of the things that's keeping black people out of the pool. You keep telling someone something and they're going to believe it. You're going to believe it. Society is going to believe it. If people told me as much as, if I listened to people as much as I could about 
them telling me that I shouldn't be here, I Mm. wouldn't be here. Mm. There were so many more people that I heard telling me that I could be here that I started to believe it myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I already, like, we all want to be perfect. We all are scared of, like, trying new things, putting ourselves in positions where we might fail. But there are, there's a whole team of people, like my family, my friends, my teammates, my coaches, who put me in the position where I could believe in myself and believe past those voices who were telling me that I shouldn't be here, that I don't belong at Princeton because, like, whatever, like, my grades, like, oh, did you get in because you're an athlete or because you're great? It's like, there's always a little qualifier that could make me doubt myself that I had mm-hmm. to have self-belief and I had to have mm-hmm. a team of people who were supporting me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this isn't new. Yeah. This is where I've lived. <laughs> yeah. We were we were talking to uh, Crystal Dunn and Jessica McDonald last week, and they were talking about the pressure, right, of uh, being the one and being yes. the one to carry the torch for uh, for Black women in their sport and to mm-hmm. act a certain way and to talk a certain way and to not act up and to be silent when they didn't want to be silent. And um it's interesting in light of that and our topic on perfection, right? You have yeah. on top of wanting that perfection or wanting to improve, you have that added pressure that we as white women don't understand at all, yeah. which has to be an enormous weight. Yeah. I mean, that's why when I was younger, I definitely saw it that way as being in high school, being in college. Like I didn't want, the pressure. I didn't welcome that pressure to represent. Everyone was telling me what I could be. Like I could be the first black woman to represent the U S on the Olympic stage. I was like, okay, but what if I fail? You know, Mm -hmm. like, does that mean black people can't Mm -hmm. do this? Am I like, is my experience representative of our entire race of my entire gender? Like, what does it mean if I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. So it's been a little bit of a journey learning that I have space to be myself. I can represent mm-hmm. all of these people. I can be that role model for whoever I want to be. And I can also be myself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gosh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we do finally wake up as a country. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> changing the narrative, like challenging the narrative, you know, it's like for Ashley, you know, for her to say, it's like, she is more than enough as just who she is as a person that should never be challenged, you know? And I mean, I still remember when was that Ashley, we we had a team meeting a while ago when she was like first on the team and she voiced that of, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. Like, why do I have to, Mm -hmm. like, why are you asking me that question? You know? And then to see her now be, I mean, speaking on behalf of so many, but feel, no, that she's enough as who she is, Mm -hmm. you know, and be proud of that. Uh, I mean, it just, it's just such a good reminder to me to, help challenge that narrative, Mm -hmm. you know, with the privilege that I've been, you know, 
so lucky to have that I didn't even know I was lucky to have, you know? It sounds like you want to have Ashley's back even more. Oh, I mean, me and Ashley, me and Ashley are like, there's something deep, you know, between us. And, and I think for me, that's something that I'm so, and this seems silly, but like, she's so strong. Like, I don't think people know how strong she is. Mm. And even myself, like, I didn't even know how strong she was. It's like, I thought I did because of our deep relationship, but then, you know, for me to just check in with myself, you know, and check in with my reality of how lucky I have been, what hardships I've never had to deal with, what pressure I thought I had. That's not the same. And over the past few weeks, like seeing, um, how everyone has reacted, how everyone has like responded to the unrest in our country, all of this stuff. I get to learn a lot more about Maggie. I get to learn a lot more about my teammates. See that our connection does go deeper than water polo. Our connection does go deeper than our past experiences. Like our interests align even further than I thought they did. And it's really, really cool to see how insightful, how thoughtful Maggie, some of my other teammates have been and how, like I said, willing they are to take on some of that pressure, willing they are to put in the energy that they have, the skills that they have to work towards changing our sport, to work towards educating our team, like being better people in ourselves. Like I've been in such privileged spaces. Like I know know that I can do better. I know that there's more in me that I can give. And seeing that my teammates are willing to give more of themselves too has been just another fold. There have been so many benefits that have come out of everything in the past few weeks, but this has been something that has really like, has really inspired me, like pushed me to get to the next level with my relationships with my teammates and with my friends, like seeing how much more they want to and have to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what people might not know is that after the 26, 2016 Olympics, both of you went back to school to finish your degrees. Maggie went to Stanford, mm-hmm. back to Stanford, Ashley back to Princeton. And you had this little thing, the senior thesis to go back to. <laughs> a little thing. Right. <laughs> Just a small paper. 80-page 80, 80 senior thesis. Yeah, it was about there. <laughs> oh my goodness, a long Ashley. Time to write. Longer than any book I've read. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so my thesis was on uh, diversity missions and organizations to use them and the effect that they have on the people that they define as diverse. Like, do people who are defined as diverse Uh, start to see themselves as well as the population of the organization seeing them as tools to achieve the diversity mission Mm. so like are they dehumanized in the process of achieving a diversity mission and we found that yes people do feel like less human they feel used they feel like they have less of a right to be in these spaces they feel less sense of belonging and white people in those spaces spaces feel like people of color have to contribute their diversity to belong in those spaces. They have to like 
bring something different to the environment because that's why they're there. And it was just, that was problematic because we bring diverse people into spaces to try to like level the field to account for our historical wrongdoings, but we don't create spaces where they feel sense of belonging, where they feel like they're not being used, where they feel like they should be there. What would be an example of that? Um, In a university setting, a student is recruited. um, They try to hit numbers. So, or I don't know how it is now, but uh, universities use diversity missions. So they bring in however many students of color. And then in a classroom setting, a predominantly white class would uh, maybe see a black student and say like, oh, where are you from? Like, tell me your family's history. I want to, like, you should be bringing your perspective of where you're from, whereas other students aren't necessarily there to bring their background. They're, they're just bringing what they're learning. They're, like, ready to learn. They're in the environment. But um, a Black student, a Hispanic student, um, an other student would be expected to bring their diversity and whatever that means in terms of learning for other students. Huh. Isn't that kind of what we just did with this podcast in a way? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. But one page of her 80. <laughs> one page of the 80. <laughs> yeah. But it's, this is about education. This is literally about education, but that situation is a little bit different because those kids expect to be in that situation to learn like they just want to be like other students you expect to have a sense of belonging in um in a university setting like everyone's there to just be a student to like soak as soak up as much as they can but black students and other students of color find that they don't feel like they're there as much to learn as anyone else but more to contribute their difference like they're there to fulfill someone else's diversity mission and like those students were white students in those situations in this uh, particular study were found to be less supportive of things like affirmative action, diversity initiatives, yet like find that they should be benefiting from students of color. They should be benefiting from diversity and inclusion in their schools. Like it's not for the benefit of the kids who are coming in or the students who are coming in to to learn it's for their benefit that those people are there it goes back to and correct me if i'm wrong here that there's no corresponding acknowledgement or understanding right of the importance exactly. of diversity right it's not enough just to put the stamp down that oh we've we've ticked this box right yeah. and we've covered diversity if you don't then couple that with inclusion training of why yeah and 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 i could see that there are so many that get it so wrong Mm -hmm. were there any examples of people who got it right and what they did uh no we didn't take it that far i assume that the research has continued and Mm -hmm. um, has developed further but in spaces i've been in creating like black students unions, creating affinity spaces, like Mm -hmm. creating spaces that are safe spaces because the whole campus is 
a safe space for the general student, but for people who are um, different in some way, having people who look like you, who come from the same place as you, having those spaces has been shown to be really beneficial, has been shown to be so productive in learning environments, in work environments, like acknowledging that difference. In policing environments, which is, right, which is the big debate right now with police reform. I mean, it's like all that fires me up too, just when you, you try to just apply it to your, like your passion. So like Ashley and I, we play water polo and it's like when I'm hearing her, I'm just like, and this is something I've thought of a lot. It's like, how do we just make it more welcome? So it's not one person Mm -hmm. is ticking that box, right? Mm -hmm. It's, that that word belong and it's like you have actually you have other people to look to and this sport is so amazing it's been such a gift for us sport in general you know water polo for us personally has been such a gift to our lives it's like how can we give that gift back and make people feel more welcome make people feel belong that they belong in this sport no matter you know where they're from what they look like what their size is what their body image is like whatever you know like well, we and that's the beauty that? of waterfall. Water polo is it's not one, you know, size. It's not one shape. It's not one not color, at all. right? Like, yeah. it, it, I mean, it's really water. Water is a nice equalizer. Right. Like <laughs> you have my sister who is six two, long and strong. You have Ashley who's like body of a goddess. You have me who's like pretty <laughs> compact. You have Brenda Via who's five four. You have Cami Craig who's just like built and strong. Yeah. You know. All of those are such different body types, yeah. you know? So those are welcome, but clearly we need to take it to the next level and show that there's, you know, a feeling of belonging, not just your body size, but your color, you know, or, you know, and, and making that more welcome, that more apparent, which clearly we have some steps to take to, to get there. Yeah. Um, Maggie, you said earlier that you've been doing a lot of competitions and challenges. <laughs> I'm going to add to your list right now. Yes. And turn Bring this it. into our competitive element of the podcast. Okay, <laughs> Ashley, I- oh, she gets all excited. <laughs> you know we Here love we to um, You guys yeah, have never ball. experienced the Lynn game, but oh, you are gosh. about to live it. Coming. Oh Lord! Here we go. No pressure. I'm nervous. I just Ooh, got a little bit stretching. nervous too. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All Everyone right. has their squeakies, right? My uh-huh. really annoying sound maker. Let's go what around the that? horn, and everyone yeah. can give their noise, please, for the the buzzing portion of the game. Julie, what have you got? Uh, I've got my little donut. Which there it is. All right, Ashley. Dog toy. It's a little weak, can but hear? what is the dog toy, Ash? We can hear it. it. Oh, like it's a ball. Okay, it's like a little ball. Okay, yeah, the squeak is weak. <laughs> the squeak, the is squeak weak. is weak. Here's the key. It's all about quickness. Oh, suddenly okay. Swaggy's at my door. She's like, "What's up, my dog?" <laughs> Maggie, what have you got? I have a beautiful, you know, tall queen thing. Thing. <laughs> not even sure what to call it has faithful 49 46 for the good old 49ers san francisco baby <laughs> all right the game is a trivia game there are five questions it is oh every gosh. woman for herself most of the questions are multiple choice <gasps> a doodle 
Swaggy. I need a doodle in my life. Doodles are life. This is her sitting in front of me right now with my toy. I know. Whoever wins this game, do they get Swaggy? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to win. Swaggy is on the line. It's all for Swags. Swaggy Maggie, like they work together. (laughs) All right. The main rule is you have to squeak in with the answer and we always have a different theme the theme of this game though is one we have played before that julie has never won it oh, is gosh. time for generation gap ah oh, gosh oh lord what generations right. ashley and maggie are you are you millennials i don't even yeah 93 whatever that means i'm 94 <laughs> millennials and julie, we're all generation julie's generation, generation old, old. Questions will be from both generations, uh, but anyone you can answer, anyone can answer them. Oh, Lord. Okay. Are we good? We ready? Yeah. Yes. Question one. What Disney Channel TV oh, yes. show yes, yes, yes. starred Miley Cyrus? Oh, I'm going to let you two decide who got in first. I'm, not, I'm honestly not what? sure. I did. No, yeah. I did. No, I did. Get yeah. out of here. It's Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. <laughs> I love who Ashley just says it. You say it first, it goes. Yeah, that's classic Ashley. Cheater. Cheating, not trying. I was listening to the rules. You got to win. But little did you guys know, the point goes to me because I texted Ashley on the side and said, it's Anna Montana. <gasps> yeah, right. Question okay, two. One, one's, one to Ash coming in. <laughs> who was president during the Watergate scandal? Was it... Oh, Julie Foudy. Nixon. Correct. Yeah. I mean, come on. I was like, you started talking more. I was like, wait. I mean, you were giving Nixon, multiple choice it. on that? So I okay. that one. Julie, your legacy in this game precedes you. So yeah, I gave multiple choice. <laughs> one to one. Your one reputation one. precedes you. Maggie, let's go. You I want know. swaggy? You better yeah, step it up. Them, I've, I've tried for one. Maggie, I think I just need to yell game. the answer. No, you got to shake the thing. I think my my shaker's too loud. It's drowning me out. Question three. What does the acronym JOMO mean? All right, we're going to give this a go. Um, Just. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, what is it? JOMO. Um, Just off my... (laughs) She has no idea. Just off my... What's the O? Keep going. Go to the Google. The O is just off my uh, octagon-shaped that Ashley has in her hand. Just off my opinion? Incorrect. This was the only one I didn't do multiple choice for because I thought... Ashley, you would for sure know it. Are we close? Just? No. Oh, Both incorrect. Jessica. All right, here. I'm going to give a hint. I'm going Ooh. to give a hint. Oh, gosh. Okay. Jomo. J-O-M-O. You think we're cooler than we are. Of FOMO. I know. Oh, I'm just thinking what's FOMO. Of FOMO missing out. That, yeah. Something you're just, missing it out. Joy of missing on, out. Correct. Joy of missing out. What? Ashley joy? Johnson is correct. The joy <gasps> of missing out. Dang it. <laughs> I have never heard that. Ashley has major Jomo always. Ashley <laughs> loves jo- some Jomo in her life. She definitely has it. <laughs> like, Ashley, I'm at your house. You invited me over and we're playing Virgin <laughs> Sound Sayer. She's like, I'm upstairs in my bed. 
Jomo. Jomo. Little did you know you were so good at Jomo. Yeah, I have. I get FOMO. That's a good one. Okay, two to Ash. If she wins this one, it's over. All right, number four. Locked in. What TV show ended its run in 1983 and has the most watched series finale ever? Ashley. Cheers. Incorrect. Dang it. Maggie. Seinfeld. Incorrect. Ah! Friends! Friends! <laughs> Is it Friends? Friends? I thought Friends ended in the early 90s. Like, I'm so no! no! Incorrect! Oh. Okay. okay, gosh. Ooh. Mash! You know what? Wait, what? Mash? Correct! Oh! Yes! Shoot! <laughs> I told you guys she was good at trivia. She won all my trivia games. I wish you could see Ashley dancing. Right now. Oh my god! We oh all got god. so excited about each of our answers. We were like, "I got so excited!" It. I peed my pants. I, I literally wet myself. No, oh I my was god. convinced it was friends. I was so pissed if it was friends. I was like, "How do you not be get so that?" Bad. Bash! Oh my god, Ashley's a, a winner! Fantastic. Great game, ladies. Great game. Congratulations to the winner, Ashley Johnson. All right, next segment. Most pressing questions. Are you ready? Ashley. Yes. We learned from a very reliable source that might be named Maggie, who's next to you. Oh, that's me. That you're a really good singer. Let's hear it. I'm not a good singer, and I'm a horrible on the spot. <laughs> oh, come on! You, you I'm really bad. I'm oh, I'm sorry. I, you know what I heard? I heard you wanted to see, hear my singing instead. Okay, I do. Summer loving had me a blast. Ooh, summer loving. Da, 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 da. <laughs> hey, you know what? We'll take it. <laughs> we do this game. We do this game where, like, I'll say something or make up our own song and then I look at Ashley and she has to try to finish it with like a word that rhymes oh let's play and it she quick. gets really she gets really nervous and can't oh, I'm terrible on, at it I, we only play games I'm bad at <laughs> that's not true we play modern pool together you're the best in the world get out show me, Except for show that me game. what that looks like Maggie okay do you want me to start it yeah yeah you start okay. it uh, let's do a theme What's the theme? Should we do it about Swaggy? Because that's, I mean, yeah, what a dog. Be about dog. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mm. I love me some Swaggy. He's the best. Julie? Oh, I thought it was you were going to show her. <laughs> Ashley, this is about you. <laughs> what she always does, she just pins it on Okay, I'll go, I'll go second verse. You go third. Okay. Swaggy's a girl, but who <laughs> cares? Cause Maggie flunked the test. Ooh, that was good. Swaggy and Maggie together are better than all the rest. Ooh, you did it! I did it! I'll join in tune, into this yeah. Swaggy love fest. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, girl! <laughs> Hey, get it. We could have our own band. We really could. <laughs> what would we call it? Swags. Swagalicious. Okay. All right, Maggie, we learned from a very reliable source, Instagram, that <laughs> you once dreamed so of being an Olympic soccer player. Oh, yeah, baby. 
That was me. True? 125 million percent true. We would have totally taken you, Mags. But Maggie dreamed about being everything that I've I ever really did. <laughs> I'm a, I am a dreamer. Qualifier. I actually, I'll have to send this to you because you'll think it's hilarious. I found this like letter I had written when I was in first grade and it was like, I want to be an Olympic, spelled completely wrong, soccer player with two Ks, a gymnastic oh. player, player, and a, like a basketball girl or something. So oh. ridiculous. But soccer for sure was my like first love. That was, I mean, that was my first route of thinking of the Olympics. So I'm super grateful for your guys' team because that was like for me, oh yeah, that's what I'm going to do, Olympic journey. Um, and then during this quarantine, so my boyfriend's a soccer player and I challenged him to, we always go and like juggle and play soccer. And I challenged, challenged him to a crossbar challenge. So first to five points oh. on the crossbar. You whooped him? Whooped him three times <laughs> in a row. That's not easy. I was either. like, I was kicking it. I'd hit it, and I'd hear the little sting, and I was like, still got it. <laughs> How'd he do when you guys tried water polo? <sighs> he beat me. Okay. Did <laughs> he? No. Well, kind of. Before we move no, on really. to high low cheer, can we give your company, Maggie, your water polo company, a quick yeah. plug here? Can you tell us about it? Yeah, for sure. So um, I started 6-8 Sports with fellow Olympian, well, he's a five-time Olympian, Tony Azevedo. And I mean, for us, water polo is a huge passion of ours. And our mission is to simply grow the sport of water polo, not just, I mean, to relate it to our conversation, not just in places that it belongs, right? Or that people know it, but to spread it all over um, and provide the quality resources that they need. And so at Stanford, I studied entrepreneurship, especially how technology affects society and how society and technology intertwine. And so 6-8 Sports is a performance uh, platform where we use data and AI, and AI to track statistics, track your strengths and weaknesses um, mm-hmm. over time, see trends, right, and then give you the resources to make those stronger. So unfortunately in water polo, we have, we are very archaic. We use pen and paper for everything. Um, You know, even you think of, if you watch a basketball game, Steph Curry hits a three on a Thursday night. And somehow it's like, this is Steph Curry's 300 three on a Thursday of a full moon. (laughs) But in water polo, you know, Ashley Johnson makes a block and it's like, Ashley Johnson blocked it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so we're, we're here to take the sport to the next level and use those plugs, use data, bring it to the sport and modernize the sport, right. And, and revolutionize water polo and ideally go into other sports as well. So it's super fun. It's a full-time job, uh, in the startup life, but I love it. I love being an entrepreneur. It's a huge passion of mine. How do you stay focused with, Never mind. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Anything you have to say it now. <laughs> yeah, you have to say it. Also, Tony, you guys, this Tony be- is so handsome. I mean, that's all I, I was going to say. Gosh, that is so funny you say that. It is so weird because like just, he's my business partner. Well, did you go to Stanford um, with him? Blushing, no, he's he, blushing. He well, is he's so handsome. Stanford. When I would interview him at the Olympics, I'd be like, oh, yeah, totally oh, "Hi, Tony." Well, okay. He also. <laughs> it is so funny. I, I will tell you, like a lot of our business meetings. Um, like he's in a speedo and I'm in my swimsuit and we're just like, you know, we'll go work out and then I'll be like, Hey, Tony, 
and, and his wife, Sarah Azevedo, who's like totally the boss, you know, like little do <laughs> as does everyone know, Sarah's just the boss. She's awesome. <laughs> and you kind of forget like Tony's Brazilian. He lived in Italy. He lived in Croatia. And so he's just got this like demeanor about him, you know, (laughs) Ashley worldly, (laughs) worldly man. No, but that's so weird. I don't even like, I, it's weird for me to uh, even that cross my mind. All right. So our last segment we always do is high, low cheer. And we do it. I I do it all the time around the dinner table with my kids. High other day, low of the day. Cheer is for someone else, but with you guys, we're doing high of your career, low of your career. And the cheer is for someone you are grateful for. Who would like to go first? I can go. The low, because let's start with low. Let's just, you know, get, <laughs> low, get it out of the way. <laughs> the low of, um, I'm going to do a, tr- a twist because Ashley knows this, but I have the smallest bladder in the entire world. <laughs> and I have had to like go to the bathroom for the past 45 minutes. So Me that's too, kind of but real... you were drinking water the whole time. I know. Well, I love water. It's weird. Like I, <laughs> I drink have to cut endless, myself off. I'll have to pee, but still drink water. And I'm like shaking in my boots right now. I, have I know. So Same. Bad. So I almost said, can we pee? Low. I almost <laughs> did too, but I got nervous. So that's been a low of today, but I would say a low of mine um, was, you know, after my first Olympics, I lost a bit of my purpose. And, um, that to me is a huge value. And when that gets lost, it makes life a lot harder and not as fun. And so I think I've learned an insane amount from that journey and knowing how important purpose is in life and knowing that even if you lose it, you can still get it back. Um, and that's something that comes with life and, you know, an opportunity, right? So Tio, oh, time Tio. out. Time yeah. out. Or do you have I, to, I have to follow because up? Do, yeah. So. yeah. Do you want to go to the bathroom? Because I need to follow up on that. You can't say that. And then I can't follow up on what did you lose? Right? Like we have yeah. to talk about that real quick. So okay. let's go pee real quick. Do we, is that okay? Are we actually, can we really do you, that? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure both need to go have a bathroom. Ashley, are you <laughs> I okay can't, with that? I can't. Yeah, any longer. No, I literally, there. I pee like yeah. eight times in practice. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. Okay, quick break. That's why you're in a pool. I know she pees in the pool. <laughs> Lynn, how have you been? Is she really? <laughs> yeah, everyone does. That's really. Normal. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? We can't. We're like constantly hydrating. We can't get out every time we need to pee. Hang on. I think we might leave this portion in because you're <laughs> telling me. Water polo players pee in the pool on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, and swimmers too. For sure. No shame. No shame. What about during a game? We're in the pool for three and a, three hours. What about during a game? Uh, I'm not really that aware of whether I'm peeing or not. <laughs> I, I'm not peeing during games. Probably not. <laughs> I would imagine it's probably happened at one time or another. Yeah, probably throughout the... 18 years I've been playing, it's happened one or two times. <laughs> oh, my. Well, just in general. But every day in practice. What's that? Every day in practice. Okay. <laughs> Did I beat her back? Oh, I win. I win the pee competition. You made it back Julie, first, but you missed something While really you were important. gone. <laughs> oh, did we just break something wide open? <laughs> Stop it. What? I told Lynn that... We always pee in the water. Yeah. 
That's what I was oh. saying when she said I have to pee five times. I'm like, well, good thing. Did you hear me when I left? I'm like, good thing you're in the pool. Yeah. I, know, but I thought that was just a joke. No. <laughs> a little bit of truth to every joke. <laughs> I mean, I would. You're not going to get out every time. I'm a new woman. Yeah. Look at <laughs> Ashley. Ashley just yes. made the big reveal. Maggie. What? What'd you say? That we pee in the water. <gasps> oh, yeah. Shocking Okay, we don't pee in all water. Like you have to be, you know, you're not going to be in Discerning. like a bathtub or something and pee. Like, no. come on. But a big you're not going to jump pool? in someone's bathtub and pee. <laughs> no, am hot I tub? No, off hot limits. Tub, hot tub off limits. Small, am I, small, small backyard pool <laughs> off limits. I might. <laughs> I mean, I wait. Got how small backyard pool? Little, no, 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 like really little small. tinkles. <laughs> Little tinkles. Wait, Julie, did you just say you tinkle in your bathtub? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. We we chlorine uh, chlorine is okay. You know. Wait. After the, okay, picking up. You said you lost your purpose after the first Olympics, so 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So that okay. Not like all of my purpose. I still was me, um, and I you know I was I was living a great life. I was at Stanford. Um, I was still playing water polo. I was really fortunate, you know, but I think for me, especially cause it was my first Olympics and I was really young, all the women on my team, which I was really fortunate for were my total role models, but they were a lot older than me. And so I dove into, you know, living like a 28 year old in a sense and just living, breathing, thinking water polo in the Olympics. And that was pretty much it. Um, that was my dream since I was a kid. And so then when that, once that was done and I had like reached it, it was just, it was, it was weird. It was kind of like you got to the top of a mountain that all you've seen is the top of that mountain. Like you never thought past it. Maybe you were prepared. Like I was ready to go to Stanford. I had prepared myself for things after that mountain, but you know, I, I didn't really see it. I wasn't, I wasn't mentally prepared for that. So I think for me, that was a bit of a struggle, just getting back into that and and reigniting my motivation, reigniting, like I talked about that, who I am, like, I love improvement. I love growth. I love nowadays, I see this Olympics or other challenges as a mountain range. It's not Mm -hmm. one mountain, right? You get to the top, there's another mountain for you to climb, whether Mm -hmm. small or big, maybe it's a tiny hill, (laughs) but there's always another Thing that you can improve in or another way for that mountain to grow. Um, but that was tough. I mean, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people have experienced that. It's like literally live, breathe, think, eat one thing and then you accomplish it. And although maybe you have the checklist for what's next, you, you tend to just check the things off the list instead of really find the purpose and really mm-hmm. live those things. Um, so I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about how to handle that, especially after 2016, I had a much better experience post that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a very honest, uh, experience. Yeah. And I'll jump off that because my low is when I returned to school after the 26, 2016 Olympics and like Maggie said, I felt all of those similar feelings. I don't feel like I lost my sense of purpose, but I had been so focused on achieving this one goal. And I'm sure a lot of people who have 
become so like single-minded on one goal have the same drop off where they're like, okay, I pushed so hard towards achieving this one thing. Now what? And I knew Mm -hmm. that the next thing was going to be going back to school, but I didn't realize how hard it was going to be not to be in an environment where I was being pushed by Mm -hmm. 17 other women to be my best every day, being challenged physically in the same way. Like I had to find new challenges every day in my life to like get back to that feeling, know that it was going to be like living maybe not at the height of everything that I could do in that moment every day was okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was going to be okay. I didn't need that. I needed to find a way to push myself without being in this team environment and be happy. And I would just, it was a struggle. It was for sure a huge struggle transitioning back to um, school life, especially Mm -hmm. since, and Maggie can relate to this, our grades moved on without us. So everyone that I had gotten close to at school was gone. So I was like going through my senior year without my crew, without my friends and without, um, with kind of a new team too. So I like lacked connection there. It felt like I was starting from zero and had to build up. And it was just a, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of opportunity for growth in that experience looking back, but it was really hard while I was in it. Mm -hmm. What about a high? To turn the, turn the tables. A high for me, it's, Okay, you guys have learned I'm like very happy. I live in this like magical world in my head. <laughs> and so I like everything is a high, which Ashley knows about me really well. Uh, I'm like, oh, God, this is amazing. So optimistic and ridiculous at times. But I'll try to narrow it down. High, still getting to play the sport I love. Like it's, it's you know, I get to live what I love to do and get paid for it. Not much, but it's my job and (laughs) I get to travel the world. I get to play with people like Ashley. So I would say a high is the fact that I have this sport and I'm so, so grateful for it. Um, And the fact that I'm still going, but to pinpoint a moment and sorry, Ashley, but (laughs) I will say my high moment was getting to stand on the podium alongside my older sister at the 2012 Olympic games. Like you guys have heard how important family is to me and the last name Stephens. And she's six years older than me. She's like my superwoman. And to get to share that moment together, to share, get to share that dream together is by far, you know, she's, she wore number eight, which I'm, I'm really grateful Tony was eight because our company is six, eight sports, which is like kind of a plug yeah. for Jess too, but we are one person apart. And I remember when we got our gold medals, we like looked at each other and it was this, in that moment, everything just hit. And then we looked at my family. We, I don't know how, but we knew exactly where my family were and we like put it to them and it was just the most Aww. unreal moment. That gives me the so, chills. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like I'm copying Maggie and everything because I'm not. Audience, I'm not copying Maggie. <laughs> but a lot of my You're going to go first highs... on cheer, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, you have to come to you. go next. <laughs> a lot of my highest highs have been alongside my sister. Like, mm-hmm. I went to school with her. I grew up playing with her. I get to compete internationally with her through our club team. 
But my favorite, favorite, favorite experience was getting to start a swim program with her Mm. and seeing how much she's grown and how she can lead. Like I've seen her on in a team environment my whole life and getting to be back on a team with her, like leading these kids into the opportunity that we got to experience our whole life. It was just such a an incredible experience and I hope I can get back into that with her I hope that we can do that again but yeah it was just such an enriching what, what is your swim program called um Ashley and this is to your point earlier of getting more black people comfortable with swimming and, and making a part of your culture right yeah so it was the Johnson Johnson sisters swim program for Breakthrough Miami and Breakthrough Miami is an academic enrichment program that accesses kids who don't have access to a lot of uh, opportunity and provides them with pathways to college, provides them with mentorship and different opportunities to see a world that they wouldn't necessarily see without this program. So we had the idea to add on a swim program to what they already had going on and just teach their constituents how to swim. Awesome. haven't continued it for the past two summers because I've been in the national team just traveling and stuff, but hopefully we can get back to it. Um, You will. Yeah. Okay. You go first, Ashley. Cheer. (laughs) USA. (laughs) USA. (laughs) No. um, Inspiration is (laughs) uh, my mom and getting to go back home for these past three or four weeks has even further solidified that like she is just the strongest person I know and has guided me in my values has been there for me in whatever I need my whole life. And I admire that because I have trouble being there for people sometimes. (laughs) Like that's one of my weaknesses being putting myself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position, like letting people help me putting myself out there and helping others. And she just exemplifies that. She is the example that I want to follow. She's the person that I want to be in so many ways. And it was just really, really great to spend some time with her, get to be with her. Yay for moms! Moms! Mom, mom, mom. <laughs> I mom. heart mom star. <laughs> um, my cheer is also Ashley's mom. <laughs> just kidding but I do love her she's amazing um no I I mean gosh we have such a similar theme here but (laughs) my cheer is gonna go to um my sister Teresa and the reason I give her my cheer is because she's the team behind the team that never gets recognized Mm -hmm. you know I have um, obviously my mom, but I didn't want to copy Ashley <laughs> stole that. Um, but you know, I talk about my mom Thank a lot. My, my dad, I talk about a lot. He really carried the water polo tradition. My older sister, Olympian, you know, I talk about my brother a lot, how he helped me growing up and shaped me, but really the real cheer, the person who's gotten me through a lot of the toughest times and somebody I look to, to laugh with, cry with, um, you know, have a good time with whatever it may be. It's her, it's Teresa. Um, she's two years older than me and played water polo, but decided to quit when she went to Cal and was like, you know what, that's from the rest of my family. I'm just going to be their support system. 
Um, so I, I just feel really grateful for her and she's my best friend, even though we shared a room growing up and hated each other. It's weird how that works out. Like literally arch enemies. It's like, how are we now best friends? So my cheer goes to my sister, Teresa. So good. So good. You guys are so good. I, 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 so one, good. So I good. wanna so good. You, <laughs> one, I wanna just come hang out. Can Green. we just do that more? Right? Like let's just like be in the same space. Yeah, let's go surfing, Ashley. Oh, I was gonna I'm say so I'll down. be around the pool, but I do not want to get in the pool with you <laughs> because that does not need to be repeated. <laughs> um but thank you for all you're doing for the sport. Thank you for all you're doing to represent our great country. Um, in the best of ways. I mean, not just athletes, but as role models and leaders. I love you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. This is so fun. You make this so easy. Julie, you're welcome anytime at the pool. Welcome back. Lynn, you're welcome as well. you know better than to invite us like that because we will show up sister donuts in hand since we owe you for this one i think we have a shot at making the olympic team if we show up enough and we already know that you would be so so good at peeing in the pool (laughs) okay and that was a first by the way on the podcast a pee break (laughs) Which is fantastic. Full disclosure, I was watching, because we do this, of course, on video Zoom. I was watching Maggie chug her water, not knowing that she had to go as well. And I was struggling. And I'm thinking, (laughs) why why are you doing this to me, Maggie? Like, it was bladder pain through osmosis through the screen. (laughs) And then when she said, I've been having to go this entire time, I'm like, what are you doing chugging water then? Right. I have to go, like, completely dry. I abstain from drinking anything when that happens to me with my little small bladder. So as if I could love Maggie anymore, mm-hmm. she too has a small bladder. Yeah. Yes. But I digress. The things you learn on a podcast. <laughs> Speaking of, what were your takeaways, Lynn? You want to go first? Julie, you go first. Oh, I got to go first. Yay. Okay. Uh, my takeaway is... That beyond being incredible athletes, uh, they're just such neat people. Like you want to be with them, right? And you can see why they are successful. They've created a culture that's inclusive and joyful and hungry. And when you do that in anything in life, you can challenge other people within that culture. You can challenge teammates. You want to get better. You're good with failing and you're willing to keep growing. And this is something that I cherish. So I gravitate to things that have mm. that type of culture and it's why I, I so enjoy them. Mm-hmm. What about yours, Lynn? My takeaway is how much they're there for one another as teammates. And mm-hmm. that does sound like it's very much part of the culture. And I think in listening to them talk about how they show up for one another as teammates, you could swap in, in our lives, family, friends, coworkers. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that if you're honest about your strengths and your weaknesses, you allow the people in your life to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is super important for all of us. I know myself in particular, I've had to really work on that 
to be honest, if I am struggling to mm-hmm. say that to my friends or to, I've said it to you. And ultimately what that. Swaggy agrees, by the way. <laughs> what that does is it leaves room for the person who loves you to be there for you. And it sounds like mm-hmm. through Maggie and Ashley and that team that that's exactly what they do. Yeah, you can see why they're so successful. Mm. Questions permitted, Lynn? Yes, I have a question via Twitter from at amchamberlain23. It is actually a question for me about you. Oh, dear. Yes, exactly. I honestly don't know what these questions are ahead of time. (laughs) It's part of the fun, (laughs) I think. The question is... Do you have more videos of Julie falling? Because honestly, they are some of the funniest <laughs> things on this website. So backstory here. A few months ago, I had to go through clips of stories that Julie and I have done together over the years. And I realized I had a lot of video of you falling. <laughs> so I did the only logical thing, which is I posted it all on Twitter of course. I have video of you falling at surfing. That mm, video evidence that. I was talking about in the episode, it's on Twitter. I have video mm. of you falling down a hill. Mm, a Little League World Series. I do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. The all-time greatest fall, though, was with the U.S. women's hockey team. <laughs> do you remember that one? <laughs> My slap shot. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. I have one more video up my sleeve. It's not necessarily a fall, but get this. It's a belly flop you did with the water polo team. Oh, did we do that that day? They're like belly flop Fridays or whatever they do, right? Yes. So I will dig up this video of Julie doing um, a belly flop. I think I, I think I cringed. And didn't do a full flop. You didn't. You, the end. you totally wimped out at the last moment. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I totally winched, didn't I? Ugh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap for us. Before we go, a reminder to reach out to us on social media or leave us a comment on our Apple podcast page. We love hearing from our dope village. And thank you to our sponsors, Ally Bank and Cliff Bar and Company, for their continued support. And, of course, a thank you to Kate Diaz for our awesome theme music. Last but not least, as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. Yeah, the squeak is weak. <laughs>